everybody. Welcome to another episode of Life of the Lost. I'm Sam. And I'm Megan. And this week, I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> well, you want to start off with like pros and cons of this week? The highs uh, and lows? Okay, uh, pros and cons. I could go first. Yeah, why don't you go first? Um, I'd say a pro was... Have you noticed that Maya's been eating protein shakes every single day? I have noticed that. For breakfast and dinner. So I think that's been super cool. And we've been trying yeah. to get Maya to do that slowly. And she's like, oh, it's disgusting. So I kind of um, got her, transitioned her into having those naked fruit drinks. And they're kind of like smoothies, but just has a lot and a lot of sugar. It's um, better than nothing. Definitely. And... And then recently kind of got her into protein pancakes. And then I think that transitioned into, oh my gosh, I kind of like protein into this shake kind of habit, which is really cool. She's not eating it all, which is kind of driving me nuts, but she's still, she's still requesting it for her snacks. Which is nice. Yeah. And then I'd say kind of a con, but it was caused by me, (laughs) was I got my tooth pulled. I know last week I was talking about getting a root canal, but... The temporary cap fell off, and then while I was scrolling through TikTok on a break from work, I saw this video, and they were kind of going in and talking about all of these negative negativity um, of illness and things like that that come around having a root canal. And you can go look into it. It's very, very detailed. And I started doing a lot more research, and I decided I don't want a root canal anymore, and I want it pulled. And I know it's very, like, self (laughs) kind of damaging, but... I called the surgeon who I had seen about two weeks ago, and she had me in two days later, and we pulled it out. And thank goodness my insurance was able to pay for sedation and or cover sedation. So that was really weird. I've never been like put to sleep at the dentist before. I just kind of put an IV in, and I was out for an hour, and I woke up, and I was gone, and I biked home. And yeah, I was, surpri- like I was surprised you biked home. Considering I felt after, as if I didn't have a choice. Because uh, I was downtown. Like, you taking a cab. Uh, that was $25. Yeah, well, I mean, that you're also coming off of drugs. so It I just felt know. like I was a little tipsy. I felt like I've done this plenty of times. Because the, the doctor was saying that um, you're just going to feel like you're a little bit drunk. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like, I've biked home from Brooklyn plenty of times before while I've had a few drinks. So I was like, all right, th- this will be nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't have done the same. Well, I regret it because I feel like because I did that, I um, kind of set myself up to feel like I can do anything the rest of the day and then the next day. And I haven't really rested. So today I was just telling Sam, I'm, I'm going to stay in bed for most of the day. Next time you'll do that instead of... Go crazy. Yeah, well, yeah, what you did this time. Your pros and cons. Oh, yeah. I forgot my pros and cons. Sorry about that. Um, okay, a pro would be that I made it through the week. It was a pretty long week. I have a problem with work. Like, just the idea of work. It's such a, a weird thing for me. A little with age where you just start to see things at a, as a in a bigger picture of, of uh, you know the idea of contributing to an organization that is extremely benefiting extremely more than you are <laughs> and how unbalanced if you truly think about it 
the situation is. And it just makes me bummed out sometimes just knowing that, like that I'm kind of just wasting, the reality is I'm wasting my hours, I'm wasting my time, wasting my life to get some money. Yes, nothing compared to what they make on an average or a company makes on an average. And it's just like knowing that, you know, my neighbors and like people who live everywhere in my neighborhood are doing that. And maybe with the exceptions of, you know, maybe there's a few actors or a few musicians or a few artists that are actually making a living doing their craft. It's just very um, inspiring, but also very hugely like what maybe like two three four out of like 200 or the whole neighborhood it's just really it really puts things in perspective for me and you know makes me feel just it just makes me feel some just i'm a huge nihilist so um i see it i see it um, do I feel bad? Do I feel depressed? Not necessarily. It doesn't make me stop doing, you know, what the trying to get to there. Yeah. No, no, no. It doesn't stop. But, you know, it um, it does make me think. It does make me observe. Uh, I just, it's just weird working uh, for somebody else yeah. eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of fucking time. It like is. way too much time for anybody who wants to do anything more than than their job. This, the, the, the world that we live in today is just very hard to survive and let alone try and survive and like, you know, go to what you want to do. And yeah, you know, it's like, well, that's all perspectival thinking. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you really want it, you can get through it. It's like, well, I, you know, to, to, to give or take, you know, like how many, you know, African-American um, young men who dream of being a basketball star. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, even basketball players themselves, like um, Shaquille O'Neal or um, what's what's his name, the guy who uh, the bald other lighter lighter skinned guy, who always they joke around. They used to fight a lot. Oh, um, Shaquille O'Neal and and that and that guy. Anyways, yeah. just saying that it's like kind of unrealistic. All these young black men, they like they want to be NBA stars, and then you look at the statistics of like how many black men are like doctors and dentists and lawyers and none of these black men really want to aspire to be like one of those guys necessarily. And they all just put their chips in this like one in a million chance. And it's like, what are the realistic odds that you're going to actually be there? And that's why I get like so terrified sometimes because it's just like, you know, I want to, I want to be in the place that I want to be. But in order to do that, I have to understand that I have to make really big sacrifices, uncomfortable sacrifices, things that put me in a scary situation because it is, uncomfortable and it's just I'm trying to fight this mundaneness of just day by day and having a slow process of like oh well you'll get there soon enough like no like when 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 tell me when how long that's like you know and that incentive that that urge to like get somewhere is just like like building in me so I'm like f trying to like do everything I can to fight this like malaise you know just malaise I don't know but just this chill attitude towards it um and yeah that's the struggle that I live in so that I guess that's like the pro and the con to like my thought process this week was just like really thinking about that and just like you know it's hopeful because I'm I'm, I'm trying to wake up like I feel like literally I don't know it feels like my third eye is like trying to wake up from this like 
way of living that society has kind of like thrust upon you. Like you're supposed to work until the work week is over. And then you're like, okay, thank God it's Friday. You know, I get to like relax and do what I want, but it's just like, no, you don't. That's the thing. You should not be relaxing, but society makes it feel like I should. So therefore I get caught up and lost in the sauce. I was like, dang, man, like Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, yeah, I just need that the incentive needs to be pushed up like tenfold if I'm if I'm even going to have a chance, let alone actually get there. That's and that's just really terrifying for me. Um, and I have no answers. I have no conclusions to this thought. I'm living exactly how you guys are hearing it. And it's scary. And I just I pray for everybody out there who's trying to like do the same things or um, that I'm doing in the sense of just trying to own your life, trying to own your career, trying to own, you know, what you want to do in this world and less kind of give into the system of falling into a specific job or specific setting that is just kind of like suggested you do or shunned on you to do um, because society deems it normal. Like it even to like have a kid or like to like get married or to like buy a house or to own a car, like all these things that, you know, you should do. But like, do you really need to? Does it really make sense? Is it really like logical in your thought processes of saving money and trying to like move forward and actually what you want to do but yeah sorry about (laughs) this rant but it's just something that it 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 speaks really true to my heart and i think about it every single second i i have a downtime because it's serious man it's serious like society will put you in the ground they'll curb stomp the shit out of you and not give two fucks about your future if you let it, you know, and that's the reality. And, and just like, wake up, you know, wake up, you know, put, put, put extra nas on your fucking drive. Cause like, we gotta go, we gotta, we gotta do something. We gotta like, you know, I just, just do it <laughs> anyways. Yeah. So that's my pro and con. No, that's good. I feel like it's super easy to wake up and feel like you've kind of done enough so to speak, you know, after you work like that nine to five and it's like, okay, kind of like what I was talking about last week and getting stuck in that cycle, I suppose, and kind of trying to break from it and understand that you have to do more and there needs to be more of incentive to do more. And sometimes it's like that, that big search for that incentive and what it is and is it enough? But yeah, it's, um, I guess thinking about, uh, what we were watching earlier, who was playing for soccer? Croatia, Croatia and Spain. Yeah. I mean, Croatia and Portugal. Sorry. They're, Portugal is like an island off Spain. So that's why they're like, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> You're looking it's at not, me like. Well, it, it's sorry. It's not. It's, I think it's a country, but it also is an island, Portugal. Uh, or it's a peninsula or Spain, a peninsula. I don't know. Spain is a peninsula for sure. But I think uh, Portugal, I mean, I'm just going to confirm that really quick. <laughs> no, but we were watching that earlier while we were eating some breakfast. And we were watching Ronaldo, and it was a bummer. He, they had lost by one, Portugal lost. and But it was also super cool because Croatia, I think it said it was the first time that an African country has made it to semifinals for the World Cup. So that was really cool to see, too, all the celebrating. Um, but we were just talking about him having such big emotions afterwards and him kind of crying and walking off the field, not really celebrating or shaking hands or anything and how that must have felt for him, especially being his age and if he's ever going to come back to the World Cup and, and how well, you not, need to, yeah, and how you need to have like those big incentives to yourself, those big goals to push, push forward. What'd you find out? 
Oh, it's actually like in it's part of Spain. Ah, okay. It's just its own country. Ah. Like like uh, Ireland and England. They're like the same on the same island, but they're just different countries. Okay. Yeah. So I was just kind of thinking earlier of how we've never really or we haven't really decompressed on the podcast and talked about kind of where we were for a bit. And I think it's kind of cool to look back and see how far we came because I was thinking one thing specific was Maya. There was a time where we had Maya only on the weekends. So it was Friday, Saturday and Sunday. That was kind of a a feat in itself to have her every single weekend Um, and then we started transitioning to have her a few more days and then she got back she went into school I think it was preschool kindergarten and half of first grade she was going to school in the Bronx and I think that was like really crazy to kind of look back at because we were literally renting a car to take her to school um, for what three hours in the morning and then three hours at night because it took us an hour to get to her school Um, we had to park the car and then an hour to get back. And so it was just this like crazy thing that happened. And we were just kind of going through the motions and we would come over here on the Upper West Side and we'd see these schools and we'd say like, it's such a pipe dream to walk by these schools and think that it'd be super cool to actually walk Maya to school every morning, like all these other parents do. And for that to actually come true within months of thinking that was crazy and just kind of decompress on like a lot of the super cool things that have kind of been happening yeah definitely we've come very far you know i also recognize that too it's hard i don't it, you know i i recognize it and it's unfortunate sometimes because for me for me like when i when i think about it too much sometimes like in terms of like a fleeting moment of just like being grateful f- for you know being able to be in this position that we are I try like to like have it like a fleeting moment just cause like if I think about it too much, I'll like feel like super content with like where I am <laughs> as uncontent as I feel about that. But when I think about those things, then it makes me feel better, which is nice that you get into these like mini kind of like instances of feeling grateful. Like for me, like I, I think I like more or less take it as remembering being super grateful for the time we have now and the location she's, the school that she's at now. But I also am more focused on how hard it was to get to where we are now and to just understand where we are now isn't where we want to be in the long run and we'll just keep chasing it. But to understand that we got through those times to get to that one good time, to get her closer to us. And then what are we focusing on now, you know, to... Uh, the, the hard times that we're going through now and then being able to look back on that and say okay it got us kind of one step closer like one step up that that's those stairs and I just think that and I, and I totally understand where you're coming from too like I don't want to get stuck in it and think like okay like it's good we have we have this now and we, we just need to you know work on these small things and everything's just steady because I don't think either of us really really want to stay steady yeah, no, I mean, I, I literally just said that. <laughs> like, in the sense of just feeling grateful and having it be a fleeting moment. And then just, like, feeling, like, really not okay with where I am. Yeah. Which, like, I don't, I don't forget how far I've come. And to the point where I vocalize it to you whenever I feel it and vocalize it to my whenever I feel it. And then, you know, let that let that moment pass. Just because, you know, I guess that's how, that's how, that's how scary of a topic it is. 
I get scared of dwelling on it for even a few two seconds longer just because of that scary fact of just how real the inevitability of just not getting to where you want to be is. And it's just like a very terrifying thought and super like downer today. No, I'm just just being real. I mean, I like I, I'm it's just not, like trying to talk about like super cool things that we went through, like that we've that we've come up from. And you're just like taking them and just like throwing them on the ground. I'm like, damn, like now I don't even feel like we should talk about them because you don't want to like not dwell. But well, what's some things you want to talk them? about? Like about, in, about that, about us being in court for two years, about no, us getting no, through I mean, that. Like that no, was a really big deal. That, and like we, we have never touched on that. And that what's the first thing that comes to mind with like what's the hardest thing in your opinion of the whole process of the court situation we went through with mine or mom being threatened in the beginning mm. do you remember that run it by me what i don't even know i'm getting emotional i think like no i mean it's important the reason i'm getting emotional is because i think we came so fucking far from like living where we were living having the mindset we were in maybe even it was just me i had such a hard time thinking we could ever get through any of this i thought for sure like there was no way we were gonna get out and i tried so hard and i broke down so many times like a week just thinking we could get like hoping some kind of fucking miracle would happen and working and just keeping focused and keeping my head down keeping my mouth closed coming here i don't even want to get into half of it because i don't want um <laughs> i don't want maya to hear it this way but what i will say is that there was three years that i was about two or three years that i was here before we started getting threatened to she had a friend who was a lawyer and now I mean, no disrespect. I'm just going to tell you how I see it. And if her mom or anybody else wants to come out on their end and talk about it and have a podcast, that's cool. But this is how I see it. And this is how I remember it. We were, you were fighting to have her a little bit more. You're trying to advocate, maybe is a better word, to have her a little bit more. And we weren't making really any progress. There was just kind of a lot of back and forth. And it was pretty frustrating because there was a time where your mom was, uh, she had a friend I forgot what his name was, and he tried to be a, me- a mediator between you and Maya's mom, and that just was not going well at all. You and her weren't talking for like an entire year, and I was doing pickup and drop-offs, and it was very uncomfortable for me, and um, I was scared a lot of the time because I didn't know, I didn't want to step on any toes, I didn't want to like cross any boundaries or anything, and it was just a very turbulent year of not good communication between each party and then I think you guys did start talking again and that's kind of when she had an attorney a friend who was an attorney and said okay well Sam should really be paying more money for this and should be really doing this and you could take him to court for this and after the first time I thought okay I'm a little nervous because we don't have an attorney the second time I thought all right I think we should start looking and the third time the threat was made about it and to me, a threat is like somebody bringing it up. If you say, like, I know somebody and they told me to do this or I think I might do this, that to me is like those gears are already running in your mind. We need to go. So 
after talking to somebody else who had kind of gone through a custody case, they're like, you need to pull the trigger right now and literally called attorneys for me because I didn't even know where to start. Got quotes, figured out kind of where we're going to start for like the amount of money that we were going to have to throw down. And that's where we started. And I think that was like a really crazy time to have to push through because there was a lot of unknowns. We had a lot of cards stacked against us. That was really scary. And then we had a, a few months of going back and forth before, before we went into court. It was really intense because neither of us have been through any of that before. So we're literally just flying blind on everything. Definitely one of the angriest fucking times in my life. I'll say that. So fucking angry. So fucking angry. Like, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. Don't ever get in between a loving father and his daughter. Don't, I don't care who you are. Don't ever, ever threaten a man with limiting his time with his child. I can't speak for a son, but I can speak for a daughter. That will, that will make him do things that w- he'd never think about doing ever. And I did some things that weren't, in hindsight, the maybe the most respectful things in terms of legal events that happened that had to shed light to other people's dirty laundry for the sake of trying to fight back essentially in the sense of being scared in the sense of for my daughter's safety for showing my daughter's mother you cannot bully me into submission because you are her mother like i don't give a fuck like straight up i don't care yo mothers yo you guys get the fucking pedestal and maybe a lot of you got moms are great, but some of you moms out there, man, so, like to, to use your kids as some kind of chips, you know, and, and, and or items that you can just like withhold or, or use to your advantage to get what you want. It's wrong. It's disgusting. And shame on you. Because those are kids, those are those are, are, are lives that have no idea what's going on and that are being manipulated and can be so easily manipulated by um, parental figures um, for th- and, and will spend the rest of their life trying to sort out their problems if they even are aware of having problems, if there are people in their lives that are even showing them, hey, man, or, you know, I think you should see somebody or talk to somebody because... Uh, I don't know. It feels like you have a lot of stuff going on in there, you know, and um, some of it's not healthy, you know, and it's just like, uh, so going back to what you're saying, it's just like, you know, I, I might, looking back, I might've felt bad, but in the moment, like, I don't, I honestly, I don't, I, I, I stuck to my guns. I did what I felt was right. And I know, and I'd never had a father, so I don't know. No one taught me, but all I know is that, you know, sometimes you need somebody to tell you what is right and what is wrong. 
like a father to me to say, Hey, listen, you know, son, like I'm going to do something and I'm going to, I'm going to say something. And one day you're going to understand, um, that why I said what I said, or why I did what I did, or why I pulled you out of this, or why I pushed you into that, or why I was hard on you with this. You're going to understand one day, you know, I promise you, I'm not doing this because I'm trying to hurt you. And everything I felt that I've done in that time was to help my daughter. And I will stand on that until the day I die, for better or for worse. I know that my heart felt in right and um, whether it was a little sloppier or whether it was a little raw in some areas, um, that just comes with that just comes with the decision that you make. You know, it's not like you've been, this is your 50th rodeo, it's your first rodeo, you know. I'm I'm just looking to provide, to take care and to put somebody else in front of me um, for better or for worse, for my own mental health, for my own situation. Um, you know, my daughter always comes first. And um, I'm still working on that too. And But it's nice though that how everything kind of turned out. Um, in the sense where, you know, I did and, and she ended up backing off because she understands. She understands that I'm in this for the long run and I will give my whole entire fucking life for my daughter. So don't ever fucking get in my way. Don't ever. Don't ever think that this is about me. Don't ever think that I'm a selfish human being because I'm fucking not. I never was and I never will be since the day that my daughter was born. And maybe I was when she was a little baby. But it grew on me and I realized my wrong ways and I atoned for myself. I had a lot of deep thoughts um, as she got older and as I started to bond with her more. And, you know, I still need to, I'm still, man, I still shit on myself. I still am a fucking piece of shit, I think, to myself sometimes because I could do better and I know I can do better and it's all right because I'm not going to hold that. I'm not going to hold those words against me. I'm not going to crumble into little cookie and just say like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. No, you're a piece of fucking shit because you know, you can do better. That's it. You know, <laughs> Sorry. that's, but I don't know. Like that's how men, I feel like that's how yeah. some men, like they, 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 that's how they like make themselves better yeah. is being real with themselves. Like, you know, I don't know, but you know, I'm just happy how everything turned out with that. Um, but that was, <laughs> it's like summed up at like two years into the, this thing. And it, I think kind of to backtrack a little bit, it was kind of crazy because we didn't end up going into family court. This started around 2020, I want to say. Um, well, yeah. I mean, we were in court in 2020, and because of that, you know, with COVID and everything, a lot of the family court, actually family court was shut down. So was it Supreme that we were in? We got bumped up to a court that was open, and they took the case, and it was a lot faster of a process. I know a lot of people who have been in uh, family court, and it's been like a five-year, seven-year process. And I think that it was nice because both attorneys were maybe not as communicative as we wanted them to be, but it was nice because the ball kept rolling, even though sometimes it stopped. Sometimes we had to push and remind and do all these things. And looking back, it's kind of crazy because I think how much is each email for the attorney? Like five, no, phone call is $450 for the attorney. Um, each email, I can't remember, but I mean, it's crazy the amount of money and the amount of sacrifice that kind of went into that time as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that, um, yeah, sorry, you brought up some, uh, some, some, uh, 
old emotions, you know, just thinking about the whole past and just, uh, I don't know. I, I might have let, you know, the whole, this whole thing go be, for the, for the fact that, you know, my daughter won and, you know, the truth prevailed and I got things my daughter's way. But I don't fucking forget certain things that fucking happened. And I don't forget dropping off my daughter one day and having somebody look like they're about to roll up on me as if I'm about to cause some kind of physical altercation. I don't fucking forget that. And I will never, unless that person steps forward and and, and mans up and fucking apologizes to me, I will never fucking forgive that person for the hostile environment that I put my daughter in. Unwantingly, I had to give her to her mom because that was her mom's time. But I will never fucking forget that. And every time I see this person, I never fucking forget that. So I just wanted to put that out there because that, that was not cool. That was not cool. Yeah, there is a lot of situations. I feel like that was probably one of the worst that, that, that we've had to intercept and really genuinely have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Mm. Like, and I think you are a lot more level-headed when it comes to these situations than I am because I, I think it was really hard for me because in the very beginning since I got here, it's kind of been a low-key thing. I never wanted to cause problems, but evidently it like became this whole problem. It's just problem. so low. It's just so low. Yeah. You know, it's just like have the have the have the cojones, have the balls to to, to man, you know, to stand up to me without without my daughter. That it's like it's like it's some no homo. It's like the dude had my balls, man. He had my heart in in his fucking hand right there. Like, what a cheap shot, man. What a cheap shot. You know, like, I couldn't do any. I would never dare throw, throw, get any kind of physical or, or any kind of negative example in front of my daughter. I would never, ever. And the fact that I was even, like, had to even be on my guard, it was just, that was the most terrifying experience I've ever had in my entire life. Um, and, and, I, and, and I almost died. <laughs> And just to think about like that, like I just, I think it was, I think it was the scariest thing just because my daughter was there. Like she could have gotten hurt. But, um, yeah, no. It was, um, I feel like it was a really trying time mentally because a lot of the time, as much as you wanted to say something or do something, or it was really hard to hold your tongue because it yeah. would always get back to the attorney. Things would always get misstrewed, twisted, man. And every single time a communication went out, like I said earlier, you're talking about $450, a phone call, the emails cost money. It was, it was a lot. And so what are you going to do? Tattle each time? 
like we sure as fuck didn't mama didn't raise no snitch yeah <laughs> can't say that about the other side yeah it was uh it was hard and i think to be honest one of the hardest times was when we got in our heads about the situation sometimes you would believe things that were being said and i feel like i had to grab your face and just be like that is not true you were there you have been there you've been an amazing dad you've contributed in a b c d e f g way and i think a lot of the time you did the same to me where i was saying maybe maybe that's true maybe i did do this wrong maybe i should have done it this way and you would say you did everything you could we've never done this before we have no idea what we're doing we didn't know what we were getting into and i think that was probably the hardest one of the hardest things is just this mental battle and being strong and lifting each other up when they're when the other one was literally just like a fucking puddle just shaking just have like no idea like what life is questioning everything and i think like looking back at that and just being able to even just talk about it although like we're both very still emotional about it this whole thing it hasn't actually been signed off by a judge we are done in court and we are just waiting for that signature um and mm -hmm. i think that it's it's heavy it's very heavy um it's definitely why i have that why why i've kind of just i've been damaged myself i mean like i have like a negative taste a nasty taste in my mouth for moms um certain moms that come from certain backgrounds i'm not gonna lie um i've been fucking burned i've been burned bad by um a very nasty person um who was upset because i left them and decided to use our child as a uh, chess piece in this game to or, or hurt me in initially i know that that's the reality of the situation and i'm being real and open and honest with you guys um and it was just a, it was just so like you know um whenever whenever i feel like i'm the only dad like i just feel like like um i'm in hostile waters when 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 moms are talking about like you know all the, i feel like i'm in hostile waters i always do i always feel like since this happened i have like a chip on my shoulder like i am not doing good enough or i'm not supposed to be a dad or because i don't look like a dad like fuck you you know like you know i just i and it's it might it's super wrong like <laughs> being super biased right now but it's just because i've been fucking damaged and and I'm trying to like get out of that, but like, I feel mad. I feel mad negative. I feel a lot of negativity to my own people, you know, to my own Hispanic women out there, like who have who have kids, because I have no idea their mentality or their view on men. And for the same reason that they got burned by some fucking dickhead men out there, some fucking bullshit fathers out there, I feel like I've been hurt for some fucking nasty, disgusting fucking mothers who who you know fought for all the wrong reasons and would not listen to logic and would not like you have no idea how many hours i spent talking with my daughter's mother of the reality of the situation of how we need to make decisions for the benefit of maya how i understand that uh the uh journey to school a specific school might be long for you but it'd be beneficial for her um paying to have her go here might not be beneficial for you financially but it'll be beneficial for her you know um even giving your time might not be beneficial for you but it's beneficial for her you know like all of these like little things is just was just 
pick like what was it picking nails or walking on eggshells mm -hmm. it's like and and it's not is that and that's what it's bad taste is in my mouth you know I, and, and there is no like conclusion to my thought you know i'm aware that it's a terrible way to live for my own mental uh, analysis of like the world i live in not everybody is like you know my uh my ex um but i, I you know I, it's, it's hard to it's hard to see it's hard to you know everybody it's uh in a certain lens for me sometimes i i'm just more on the defensive um because i got burned that bad and you know, I'm trying very hard um, to keep an open mind and to when somebody like talks and I can see that they're like genuine and and they, they you know, I, I always, you know, hear them out for, for the story that they tell or for the information that they tell and not hold them to my weird <laughs> biased look the minute that like I see them, you know, like I'm open to like improvement and I know that's a huge flaw of mine and um, I really look down on myself for that. I just... I was like, you know, just so many things, you know, trying to be a good dad, trying to like, you know, like, um, work through my, like, you know, um, growth with music, you know, trying to keep my, my, uh, nine to five job right now. Like, you know, trying to pay all these bills, you know, it's just like, you know, it's a lot. And, and, and let alone like have this perspective outlook on like, you know, other moms who are more specifically Hispanic moms. Cause that's, that's where I kind of got burned with, um, it's tough for me and I, I do, keep uh so now i understand like you know like 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 women who who are like looking at me like you know who are you i was like who are you you know like <laughs> like you know like yeah. you know those, like those women who are like yo like that they always think every kind of man's trying to get their pants yeah i feel like like who are you you know like yeah ah sorry but yeah you know so i've come from very i'm trying to get out of this very like hurt mental state of mind yeah and i think it's like the healing and in, in general it's kind of just begun maybe, maybe it won't even start beginning until the judge signs off maybe it's these weird like physical milestones that you have to go through in order to actually feel like there's progression um because i think that's kind of the only only thing that i that's kind of been able to help me get through let alone actually moving out you know that's another thing that was really crazy too um, during this whole event, Maya actually had her own attorney. We thought it was best to hire an attorney for Maya, even though she's very young. The attorney agreed based on our situation, and I'm sure everybody has their own unique situation. But Maya had an attorney, and she came to our apartment at the time and met Maya, and it was really nice to have her kind of see how Maya's living, her family, what we're doing. Um, so that was really nice. The one knock we did have with the attorney is she said that we had an apartment that was too small. And yes, totally was too small for all of us. Um, so that was our big thing. That was our big goal that we had in a year learning that. We just wanted to make sure we got out. And we did. And it was intense. Like To get an apartment at the time that we were looking was really, really hard. And I was visiting maybe two to three apartments a day. Sam was working and I was FaceTiming you and calling you after every single one. And there's a lot of really shitty ones out there. There was some that I went to the open house and there was 30 people long. Um, there's a lot of people where you had to kind of fight to see it. Um, some people didn't like knocking on the doors or ringing the bells. And so by the end, I feel like I was a pro. I would walk up to the door and people would be in line, but nobody rang the bell. So I was like, I'm going to just ring the bell. And then they're like, oh, yeah, come up. So now all of a sudden I'm not 
20th in line. I'm the first one. And I'm up there and I'm talking and then you kind of see the realtors and who, you know, the tricks and the tips and how, how you talk about this and make sure, you know, as a woman, I feel like it was easier for me to talk to a lot of the, the men, actually, because I had your perspective. I had your perspective of being a dad because a lot of these guys were dads. So kind of talking about schools in the neighborhood and making sure like that's apparent to us and like these things that are important to you as a realtor are also important to us. And that's why we're going to make like good tenants if you allow us to be here for A, B, and C. And I feel like just really breaking it down in that way um, was really beneficial. But at the end of the day, like it was really shitty because it was based on me and my credit score wasn't very high at the time. And so a lot of these apartments that we really wanted, we weren't able to get because of that. And we just stumbled upon a rent-stabilized apartment, and there were no pictures. There were no pictures to this apartment. I was digging and digging through um, old pictures from Street, e- Street Easy, which is um, like a, I guess an application to help you find apartments. Mm-hmm. And I found pictures that were posted many years ago, like 10 years ago, and I was like, whatever, like, let's just go for it. I applied because every apartment that we were looking at, you had to apply before you even go see it. That's just how it was. Which is nice speaking of like that, that um, I guess that we're getting more like a handle on like financials just mm-hmm. to like, for me, like, so I'll just say specifically for me, just to get a handle on financials to kind of bring my, because my score dropped. Yeah since we've gotten here and not uh, so um i need to get it up just in case you know we might need to uh find a place you know in the sometime future mm-hmm. so just thought that just thought into my head so i'm just like okay yeah it starts it. now too i mean we wouldn't have we wouldn't know if we were re-upped or not but it's a big process and so kind of just jumping into it was crazy but yeah, kind of backtracking a little bit. We found this apartment. We applied for it. Um, <laughs> the realtor was kind of crazy, and we, we were going back and forth. He was actually a really nice guy. He was just like, well, why is your score low in here? And then I explained this and explained this and then had to submit documentation and do extra things. Like, for me, when I was applying, I was sending pictures, like a picture that like you have to apply. I'm sure like a lot of people know how to apply for apartments, but you have to do all of this stuff. And I'd always put in a picture of like our family because I just thought it's like this extra oomph and like why we'd be good tenants. No, I mean, families predominantly are more responsible tenants. Yeah. That's the reality, you know. Um, <laughs> same, you know, there's all these weird things. Like I wouldn't be surprised if like uh, people pick women tenants over men just because of like the responsibility factor you know yes men are responsible but i feel like women are more responsible within them it's like seen as more responsible yeah than men, yeah. men you know but that's like those are the little things i feel like people are look at yeah even maybe even they look into race too the how you dress even yeah. you know it's like i would not be surprised i mean definitely i i mean i would i'm be honest i would like i'd go with feel but like i'm just like i'm not trying to have people who might not pay the rent Mm -hmm. or who might you know destroy the house or who might you know not be responsible because (laughs) then that'll be my responsibility and i I don't you know i have enough probably you know (laughs) anyways trying to weed everybody out yeah yeah no and then it was kind of crazy because we had to take this leap of applying we got it we had to put a down payment before we even saw the apartment and 
hearing all of these horror stories and reading about all of these things that have possibly happened and people never getting their money back um, was very scary for us. And just said, fuck it, like, let's, let's do this. And went through with it. And that same day was able to see the, no, actually <laughs> put the money down. I remember went going downtown, having to give them a cashier's check, going into this like real estate building. It's just super fancy and crazy. But then we still hadn't seen the apartment. And remember me and you, we kind of snuck into the building by somebody who was kind of coming in already. We waited and waited for like the third person. And then we got up to the floor and this person was on our floor. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I know this is a little awkward, but we were thinking about applying or we were thinking about getting this apartment actually and do, like how do you how do you like it here and thankfully he had been here for five years and or five or six years and he said he really loved it people are really um cleanly and if there's problems it'll be addressed right away so that was kind of it it kind of sold it for us and then um a few days after we put down our deposit we were able to see the apartment in the inside and it's not huge by any means but it has two bedrooms and it fits us pretty well for the time being. And like we always tell ourselves, this is very temporary. We're not going to be here for like three, four, five years. We're just going to hopefully pick up a few years and then just keep growing and just keep pushing. So it was that was a really big process, too. But and when is our lease up, you know, July. July, July 5th. Or it'll probably it'll be either July. Actually, it might be September because I know we came in the middle of July. Sam's over here looking at apartments. Yeah, I just started. <laughs> There's some great ones that are. Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's not the front view of a building, um, but nothing's perfect. Like, this is our first place, and I think for the first few months, it was really nice because we just kind of sit in here. It's it's genuinely not set up like, like a family house. We have this, like, $150 couch from Ikea, which is tiny and just barely fits all of us, like, barely. Um... We have, like, desks everywhere. Like, I have my own work desk. Sam has, like, a gaming desk and his work desk. Then I have, an like, a creative, like, graphic design desk. Um, <laughs> our TV is on our table, our kitchen table. And it's not by any means, like, what would, what would like, an interior-designed house or anything. It's just kind of like a bachelor pad. Yeah. Just kind of like we have our basics, we have our necessities, and... That's about it. Yeah, I mean that's all you need. The minute you, I don't know, the minute you start to do that, it's like you start to get comfortable. Yeah. I don't want to. Get comfortable. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it's really cool. I think the 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 funnest part for me is kind of when we're hanging out, and it's funny because we spend a lot of time together. Like we both work from home, so when you come in for lunch and you just say like, damn. It's like it's like we're on vacation. I feel like we have to go back. And I think those have been like the the coolest times just looking back at everything and yeah. That's where I guess I kinda wanted to go with this today's episode. Just kinda looking back and seeing some of the some of the things that we went through. Not all of them, but a few of them. Yeah. Just that yeah, happy that's that's all over for the most part. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but, you know, her uh, <laughs> looking at it a little bit more positive, um, you know, her mom really came full circle and she really, uh, for what it's worth, you know, she really um, stepped up and she kind of put aside her grievances and, 
you know, we, uh, we make a good team now. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, she's been supportive of Maya going to new school and from, and paying, you know, for certain things and activities for Maya, which is really nice. And, um, everything's really, it seems more equal than it's ever been. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, it's, uh, definitely nice that, um, you know, I have more control of the situation because I feel as though you need the person who should have more control should be the person who wants, um, or has the best means for my, for, you know, for the child or in this case for Maya. And I'm, and I feel great about that. Um, being in control because I feel very, uh, a huge sense of, um, responsibility and selflessness. And, um, I'm happy that I'm in that position where I, I have control and that's, and that's, and that's where I always, I'm, and I'm like, like I always tell you, like, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good King, you know, <laughs> and uh, anyone watch uh 300, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, all I ask is that you bend the knee cause I'm kind. <laughs> um, yeah, no, cause that's, that's all I, that's all I want, you know, just put, have, have my dad go to a good school, have her have what all the other kids have great birthdays speaking of, i gotta talk to mom about the birthday mm-hmm. um and uh you know great great summer experiences you know and um being able to afford toys and being a kid and have a kid be a kid try and <laughs> be a, a parent and to actually be nice and try and you know go out of your way to like Hey, you want to hang out with my daughter? You know, because because my daughter's been like, "Hey, can I go to play date? Ask her mom, ask her dad." You know, like, yeah. "Oh God, all right, <laughs> hello, my name's," you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, just having her do that more. It's like super like important mm-hmm. to me. Um, for her to be a kid, and um. And I feel like it's really cool too because look, there was a time where you had zero control. Things were really controlled based on emotion so if sam said the wrong thing that's when maya gets pulled for a weekend yeah like i don't see her like what the fuck i think that was probably one of the hardest things and that's kind of what drove the first that's why i made the case that's why i put that's why i made some hostile moves i'm like yo don't fucking don't you dare don't you fucking dare because i can get real nasty when i want to like real like legal, legally, legally, legally low, yes. like legally uh, disgustingly low, mm-hmm. as low as I can get. Like, I remember there was a time where you were like, I don't care. Like every single, my entire paycheck will go into this. Yeah. Cause like I will buy her out. Like I will, you want to burn cash? I will burn cash like no other. Like let's, you know, I will burn you out before I get burnt out or I'll burn us both out. But as long as you're burnt out, then I don't, I, I'm, I, I'm feel great. Yeah. It was a, let's self-destruct. Yeah. Like that's, I'll, I'll go right down with you. As long as you're down, I feel great. It was a crazy time, but I'm glad that we kind of got past that. Cause nobody wanted to go to court. I mean, we didn't, we definitely didn't want to go to court. We didn't want to go told through her. that. It's going to be thousands and thousands of dollars. And then they, the court or the judge said, if you want to keep continuing this, we can go to trial and that'll start at what? 30 to $40,000. Um, that's, Without forensics, you'll have to pay for forensics and backlogging, looking into phone records and text messages and emails and dates and everything. So that was going to be really crazy. And she, and she knew. She knew. 
I, I mean, we have so many emails from her, which aren't, weren't valid at the part of the legal process that we were in. But the minute it went to the court and the minute there was a trial, all of those emails, all of those text messages Interviews. would have been valid, would have been valid, valid, valid. And all those disgusting things she said would have been valid. All those threats she made would have been valid because I did not make any threats. The only threat that I made was the threat to seek legal action because she would keep taking my daughter from me. And I'm, that's like literally the only thing. You know, and to think that like she was angry because I wouldn't talk to her because because I was emotionally trying to grieve the the death of my relationship with her. The death of your family. Yeah. And she took that as nasty, me being disgusting, me like not being a good dad. I'm like, whoa, but I see my daughter every weekend. Every weekend I see my daughter every weekend just because i don't have to talk to you doesn't mean that i don't yeah and support my daughter i think yeah that was a pretty crazy time too but i i do enjoy thinking about this <laughs> just because i think that was a very low time for everybody involved including maya she's very confused um and that's what got me the most angry like yeah with her so not not for me i'm like yo you could curb stomp the shit out of me every fucking day of the week monday through friday but yo look what you're doing to her and because of that i'm a metaphorically curb stomp you <laughs> because that was ultimately the only reason why i had any any fight any disgustingness in me was because of how she during that time treated maya and that to me it's just like <laughs> you don't you don't you don't get you don't get control now now, now you're not in control. Now I'm taking that control. I'm taking that power away from you because you do not deserve it. You, you mistreated it and it's just a matter of time. Because and I then look the what happened. You really let her be, have all the I control did. to be I really like did mom. until I realized that it wasn't, it wasn't the best for my daughter. So I removed the control from her and now I have the control and that's okay because I have not squandered that ability and I hope the minute that if I ever did that she would do the same with me and she would let me know like, hey, look, you, but but see, that's not even a reality because it's, it's built in my DNA to always stick up for Maya, to always be there for Maya, to always like, you know. Have her just come first no matter what. Yeah, like e even even like the past few times when you guys were joking, you know. Me and Maya. It, yeah, and yeah. you kind of like, um, you unintentionally hurt hurt her feelings and... I know because I do that with you too. I say yeah. something and I unintentionally hurt your feelings. And then, and then I OD. You OD and then she ODs on you. And this, I, this is what happened. This is what happened. There was a video Sam had shown me and then there was a, a raccoon who went after a little girl in the daylight. And I was just joking. But I, I shouldn't have said this. I was being a dick. Um, I said uh, I, I said something like, I would have laughed so hard if, if that was Maya. And then Maya turns to me and says, uh, so... So you want me to die? So you'd be happy you'd be laughing if I died? I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, and I'm like, yo, chill out, Megan. Yeah. And you're like, what? I was just joking. And I'm like, that's not a joke. Yeah. So I like snapped at you. I pushed you in your place because I was like, yo, you old. Yeah, and then I definitely stepped back. You're like, relax. And I'm like, oh, okay. So every time that we I joke <laughs> around with you and you're like, whoa, dude, why would you say that? I'm like, yeah, uh, relax, Megan. I didn't yeah. mean it like that. Yeah. <laughs> like what? But then no. I thought back when I was a kid too and like those like shoddy marks. 
yeah that, that were made too then i was like oh fuck yeah, and so like it, yeah the heart. without so, being able to say like hey like i don't like that but you know what i do love she has been saying that lately like if i do something she's like hey i don't like that i'm like oh nice all right i won't do that again like for sure and it's nice because i feel like she's kind of coming out of her shell a little bit she's becoming a little bit more like you instead of more standoffish and not really saying how she feels because last night even because i said how she felt i was like yo yeah. you hurt her feelings yeah and she didn't even she didn't even bat an eye because she, i was I, on was, you were yeah you were 100 percent right like last night we were hanging out in her room and she was doing my nails i was way too exhausted to do anything and she was doing my nails she had done my hair and um i was just laying there she's like all right um so who's gonna put my uh, sheets on my bed because we had just done laundry and i was like i can't my nails are wet and she put some like i don't know some pencil or something on my fingernail she's like okay they're dry now i was like you i was like all right maya i was like but i'm just tired i'm just gonna fall asleep on this rug if that's cool she's like no actually i don't want you to sleep in here uh it's time for you to get up and go in your own bed I was like, what the f Like, oh my God. All right, all right, all right. So got up, put on her sheets and got her tucked in and everything. Well, actually, no, I didn't tuck her in. You did because by then I was like, I'm about to pass out. But it's just nice to see that she's kind of coming in. She's becoming more and more, like, I guess, of herself every day. And that's pretty cool to see. Yeah. That was... And so I think this was that... A very. I thought I was nostalgic. about to have to turn the damn podcast off because you, you, you was getting mad negative in the beginning. I was like, see, but what you view as negative is I just view as realistic. I know, the, the but I'm real. like, but, I like, I guess my my whole like, I had this um, which was wrong of me to have this uh, what is that called when you like think a certain way and you don't see it going that way. What's that called? Not perspective. Hmm. Anyways, what I had in my mind was so different than expectation. I said an expectation of like where maybe this could go. And I think that's kind of what ended up happening is I brought something up and it kind of triggered you in a way. And I really wasn't expecting that that like deepness of you talking about this past week. Um, but it was something you needed to do. And then I was like, fuck, like, cause, cause it, <laughs> it's funny. Cause it's just like, you ask a question and then you, you almost like want to hear what you want me to say. And it, that's like setting yourself up for failure, which is why I was like, so put off. But then I was like, yo, but this is what I was really trying to say. But I appreciate you like reciprocating to that. Cause after I told you like why I was trying to get and, into this subject, you're like, oh shit, like explain it, like start where, where you felt like we needed to start it or whatever. And then I was like, oh my God, let me just get emotional. And yeah. And the, like, I don't know, like the, for me, like the difference between negativity and nihilist, nihilism, nihilistic um, thought processes is just like negative would be like, yo, this fucking sucks. And you know, it, we're never getting out. Yeah. And nihilist, nihilism is just like, yo, this fucking sucks. Yeah. it's just like that's th that's what it is it just fucking sucks but right. but do i have any negative inclination on the future no is it positive no is it negative no it just it it just is what what you what 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 it what it is like obviously yeah. like like oh yeah it's a focus so i'm not gonna try i'm, not, I'm gonna give up it, it just I'll, it'll never get any better yeah instead of like yo this is fucking sucks but 
you know, I, I'm, I'm going to keep going, but yeah. it just fucking sucks. <laughs> you know, so, which is interesting, you know, it's, um, it, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You know, it can yeah. it can definitely come off to a lot of people like yo chill out dude like why are you being mad negative not but <laughs> yeah I think I have a really hard time like I'm either my mindset is set up where I like I'm like a hundred percent like motivated to go and like positivity everything and then the second like I I come across somebody who's kind of like a nihilist or negative in that emotion it throws me it's, off it works hand in hand with your um, ability to take criticism. Because if, you know, like, if, if you can't understand the reality that you, you aren't good and really not good in certain places in your life and you take that as a, a insult, then, then you're already flawed as an individual even more. And there's this, no room to grow in that. Yeah. Cause then you'll just say, well then, then I fucking suck. I don't yeah. understand. You're telling me I fucking suck. So I fucking suck. And I'm like, well, no, you don't fucking, I mean, yeah, you do fucking suck in this situation in this specific area of your life, but you don't fucking suck in general. And you're like, well, I don't understand though, but I fucking suck. You said I fucking suck. No, uh, yeah. no, you know, like, <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> we're working on that. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah probably should wrap it up yeah no it's definitely a productive talk definitely feel like it was a good therapy session so <laughs> guys got to hear a lot of how i feel inside that a little bit of angst of uh the chip in my shoulder with fatherhood and feeling like talked about something we ha we've been really avoiding for the past two years and <laughs> maybe if you look back on previous podcasts you can understand where there was a lot of emotion there was a lot of a lot of emotion, a lot of untapped things we really didn't talk about because it's not like legally we knew we could talk about it, um, but we just didn't want any implications going into court. We didn't want any implications, anything that we said to be taken any kind of emotional way or you know, to hurt mine in the long run. So I think that it's just been nice to kindly slowly decompress, like I said in the beginning, and kind of unfold some of these things that we've really been rolled up um and and realistically we don't talk to anybody really about it it's just kind of between the both of us and everybody else like has maybe some kind of of drift a small like draft of of what's been going on but it's been kind of hard to keep it all in maybe maybe more for me than you no i definitely need to see a therapist yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fucked up right you know with just a lot of baggage I've been carrying around unintentionally yeah but um you do a lot we appreciate you yeah <laughs> appreciate that but uh with that being said yep. we'll wrap it up and hope you guys have a good day night morning afternoon everything mm -hmm. and right. we will catch you next time yep peace